0: Here at St. Paul's during the season of Advent, we've been looking at our faith through the lens of different uh, Christmas carols. And today's carol, the one that we sung during the lighting of the Advent candles, is another one of my favorites, not just because of what it says, but because of what it represents. You know, several of the songs that we've talked about in the last few weeks came from really accomplished musicians that had degrees in music composition or in theology, They came from people of privilege who have been remembered and their contributions have been honored throughout time. Today's song, though, today's song is the opposite of all that. Today's song did not come from the hallways of a university or the choir lofts of a cathedral. Today's song, Go Tell It on the Mountain, it came from the plantation. Go Tell It on the Mountain is a spiritual, right, which means it was born out of slavery in the American South. It was sung first in the fields by those who lived their life in bondage. It's a spiritual. It's a song that was created by black people in this country who were not allowed to own anything, least of all themselves. This was one of many, many songs that they sang to one another and to their children to teach the faith, a song that they sang to tell the story of Jesus, a song that they sang to nurture and keep hope alive for them. Go tell it on the mountain. It was a song that they sang at Christmas time to remind them that at Christmas God came even for them and that God wanted them to be free, that God wants all people to be free. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And this means we don't have a clue who wrote the words or who composed the tune we don't know at all if this song was born in North Carolina or in Florida or in Louisiana. We only know it is a gift that is given to us by black Americans who kept the faith, kept faith in the goodness and the power of God in circumstances that are far beyond our imagining. And this song, like so many African-American spirituals, was in danger of being lost to history, except for the talent of the Fisk Jubilee Singers. Does anybody know about the Fisk Jubilee Singers? This is a group of 10 college students on a mission to save their historically black college, Fisk University, which is in Nashville, Tennessee. Their school was on the verge of bankruptcy and the Jubilee Singers were created to go out and tour around the country to raise money and save the school. This happened in 1871. When they went on that first tour in 1871, they took the entire contents of the university's bank account in order to pay for their travel expenses. So if they failed, Fisk failed. And 18 months after they left, they finished their tour triumphant, and that day is still celebrated on the Fisk University campus on a day that's called Jubilee Day. Originally, their concert repertoire was all classical music, but as they traveled around, they were encouraged to sing more and more songs that they had learned from their parents and their grandparents who had been slaves. So they began to sing the songs that were born on the plantation and kept alive in the black church following emancipation. By the end of the tour, their concerts were primarily choral arrangements of the spirituals, and they have been credited with keeping the spirituals alive for all of us to use and enjoy. One uh, Fisk singer, a woman named Ella Shepard, she recalled later, "...the slave songs were never used by us then in public. They were associated with slavery and the dark past and represented the things to be forgotten." But then, too, they were sacred to our parents who used them in their religious worship. It was only through the persuasion that the students sang their spirituals privately first for the university's treasurer, a man named George L. White, who was white. And then through White's coercion, they sang them in concert. Now, the earliest print version of Go Tell It on the Mountain appeared in 1909 in a book called Religious Folk Songs of the Negroes as Sung on the Plantation. And it had the title of Christmas Plantation Song. A professor at the university at Fisk, uh, later leader of the Jubilee Singers, a guy named John Wesley Work Jr., he's the one in the hymnal, if you look, he's the one giving credit for adapting the words. And his son later recalled that uh, at Fisk, students very early on Christmas morning, long before sunrise, they would walk around from building to building on campus singing this song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I love that idea of groups of college students roaming around campus to do exactly what they are singing about, right? Go and telling the good news of the birth of Jesus over every hill and over every valley, telling it everywhere as far and as wide as they can about the goodness of what God has done. It's a picture for us that actually echoes the scriptures, the work of John the Baptist, who was sent to go and tell the good news of Jesus' coming he was sent ahead to proclaim this good news. Now, think about this for a second. Where would you go if you had really important, world changing news to share? Where would you go? You guys would put it on Facebook, right? TikTok, I don't know, whatever your social media is. John the Baptist, he had the most important news in the whole world, but he didn't go to the temple to tell the priest. He didn't go to the palace to inform the governor. He didn't go to the synagogue to share it with the rabbi. He didn't call up any mayor or anybody important at all. John the Baptist hung out in the wilderness. He hung out in the wilderness, and he gave his message to anybody that would come and listen to it. John the Baptist was the voice crying out in the wilderness, just like the prophet Isaiah had said would come. He was a nobody. He lived in a cave. He had a coat made from camel hide with the hair still on it. Can you imagine how that smelled? (laughs) He never cut his own hair, so he was super shaggy and he ate bugs and wild honey. He was somebody you could very easily pass over or just dismiss. But he had really important work to do to prepare the way for Jesus. He called people to repentance and he asked them to live holy lives. He came from the wilderness and he said, people, get ready. God is about to do something new and something wonderful. God is about to come prepare the way of the Lord. And what is it that John is preparing us for? What happens when God comes? Well, when God comes, there's forgiveness, no matter what we've done. When God comes, there's freedom, freedom from fear and freedom from anger, freedom from oppression, freedom from bondage. When God comes, there's justice, justice for all people. The Bible tells us that people have what they need and everybody has enough in God's kingdom. When God comes, there's hope in the midst of despair. When God comes, there's wholeness and there's health. When God comes, there is love without end. That's the message of Christmas, and it is for everybody. It's for everybody. John the Baptist knew it. That's why he shouted in the wilderness. The slaves who wrote our hymn for today, they knew it. That's why they sang in hope and perseverance. The Fisk Jubilee singers, they knew it when they used the gift of music to save their school. The question for us today is, do we know it? Do we know this good news of what it means for God to come when we sing this hymn, down in a lowly manger the humble Christ was born and God sent out salvation that blessed Christmas morn? Do we know it? Well, then let's go tell it. Let's go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, everywhere. Let's go tell it that Jesus Christ is born. Amen.